Hello Actionistas, it's Sue Edwards, your host for today's podcast, and I'm introducing Chantelle Sumis, who's run a very successful business for some time and has overcome a lot of personal adversity. So without further ado, let's go over to Chantelle. What really got me about your story was that you you look you know your your the the way you present on camera and your photograph you look like you haven't ever had a care in the world <laughs> you know, you that's the idea people, right that's really that's cool. people to think. <laughs> <laughs> all your stuff together and I'm sure that from reading about your story that in fact there must have been huge times in your life where you felt that there was it was anything but together <laughs> What was that? I'm sorry. Sorry, I was going to say there must be because obviously because I, I read your story and obviously there must be times in your life where it's not felt like you had everything together. And in fact, you must have gone through um, a lot of um, working out how things were going to pan out for you, because um, clearly um, coping with um, whether, whether you call it a disability or ill health or anything, it, it, it knocks you off kilter, doesn't it? It's not, it's unexpected. Yes, absolutely. And I think that says a lot about all of our own personal journeys is that we all have adversity of our own and how we deal with it really shapes who we're going to be and our success. So, and it, it doesn't pick and choose who, which person adversity is going to pick on for the day. You know, it, it really is relative to that individual challenge. So, uh, yeah, I mean, growing up, it was, it was, it was, I don't know. I, I had an amazing family that was able to help me through it all. And I feel so, so much for people who didn't have strong mentors in their life or people reached out and helped them up because community is everything. And what I loved about Actionistas is that you're so brand and marketing specific and that's my jam, you know, that's everything that I love. That's really built um, my core to yeah. the strength that it is today, because it's with that differentiation and creativity that um, I was able to use to remarket myself and uh, as well as empower other people in the community that are dealing with mental or physical challenges to rise up, feel empowered and rejoin the workforce. So Thank you so much for all accepting my, <laughs> my oh, outreach. <laughs> fact for anybody that goes through any of these life changes, and I think that we run the risk of, because we all, to some extent, we don't necessarily talk about this widely, that we're in, we're, we can feel quite isolated if we have um, a health problem. And I think it really helps when people like yourself, come along and talk about it and say, well, this is how I got through it. And it's actually not only has it not held me back, it's actually become part of who I am. And, you know, I'm embracing it on a day to day basis and I live with it and I work with it. And I think for anybody to get that message that's perhaps feeling at a very low ebb can mean a, a huge amount for them in terms of what they do next. So what in, in sort of digging into that a little bit, what does differently abled mean to you personally and how does that pan out in your business on a day-to-day -day basis? Absolutely. So growing up, I always seemed to be 
the slow one in school, um, the troubled one in my friend's group. I was always different. And that was not good back in the day. It was in the early 90s. It wasn't good to stand out. It was bad. It was it was taboo. So um, especially, you know, when all my friends could read and I was entering second grade and I still didn't know my letters and how to spell, it was that dyslexia label would have been slapped right on me, but my parents didn't see that as a issue. They said, nope, she's going to be different. She learns differently. So that's when I really started to understand. And it wasn't until my my adult years and becoming a parent and a, a mother of my, I'm my own mom, I'm my own, <laughs> I'm a parent of my own, right? So understanding how to shape little minds and um, not letting labels define them was really, really, really important. So when I got really sick, I um, lost my vision and I, we healthcare here in the United States is an absolute joke. So I didn't have health insurance. So I tried not to go seek assistance or seek care. And my, my vision declined drastically. And then my ability to walk declined drastically. And then my ability to just perform different cognitive functions that everybody should do, like buttoning a shirt or combing my hair, taking the brush to my head, just it wasn't working. I kept missing my head and hitting my face. And um, eventually my support system forced me to go to seek care. And they said, you know, whatever costs it is, we'll work together and we'll figure out how we're going to be able to pay for it. And that um, whole rigmarole, if you will, of the diagnosis process was multiple sclerosis, as well as a few other autoimmune diseases that were left unnoticed because um, just the way that our healthcare system set up, it's not very specialized. It's very general. And Western medicine is just, oh, you got this. This is what we're going to treat you for. Take yeah. these medicine, take this medicine and go. And um, so for me, it was understanding what multiple sclerosis is, is. It was a disability of all disabilities because really every single um, issue that you could have with MS it is in all different other disabilities, like um, memory loss and cognitive dysfunction. Oh, you might think Alzheimer's or dementia, but no, that's a mess too, you know, or blindness. Um, that could be a, an array of things, but that's a mess too. So all of these different things that came into play with me and, and my function, my functionality or daily living, being a marketer, dealing with graphic design and copy and creative, it was so challenging, but it wasn't impossible. So I was able to find different abilities to compensate for what was lacking. And, and in that arena of differentiation, I was able to find some serious superpowers, which I would have never found had I not been challenged enough by a condition like this. So that's what differently abled means to me. I don't think that there is any such thing as impossible I don't think anything's impossible as long as we really do have that supportive community to encourage us, empower us and support us through the process. Did you find that um, it was hard to work in terms of just the physicality of, of going to work? Did you have a lot of support in that or was that hard? At first, it was extremely difficult because I kept everything so hidden, like it was a scarlet letter that 
I have a disability, so everybody's going to shame me or treat me differently or pity me or all these different things. But it wasn't until I started opening up about it with a light heart and joking about little things here and there. Um, you know, like it took me 15 minutes to get on a shirt today. I'm sorry I'm two minutes late. <laughs> just little things that um, could be so just human. We, we all have limitations. And when my team started to understand my ongoing challenges throughout the day or having to leave every single day for a transfusion or treatment and then return to the office a little bit um, under the weather or at a, at a different level or a lower level than I usually am, um, they could understand better and they could relate better because everybody knows somebody with different mental or physical challenges. So it brings people together by knocking their barriers and their boundaries and their doors down by letting people in. Yes, I think um, when you teach people and they understand the, the response from other people, in a way you stop that happening if you don't discuss it because you, you're making the decision for them. But when you actually share it, it can um, enable them to give of their best to you. So everybody wins in that way, don't they? Yes, absolutely. How do you, um, I mean, obviously you made the decision to start your own business. Um, and was that um, something that you probably would have done anyway, or did you? No. Just... <laughs> oh, absolutely not. So entrepreneurship to me was the scariest thing in the universe. I always thought, you know what, I'm just going to work for somebody else my whole life and, and work my way up and wear that leadership role, but let that organization eat up all the liability. <laughs> um, my parents. Yes, and I think that's quite a, I do think that's quite a female thing. I have lots of chats with men and I don't see that as being a predominance there, but I think women do do like that regularity of income and, and the risk, there, there is a risk of adversity, I think, to a lot of women faced with having to go it alone, definitely. Absolutely. I, and I respect you for bringing that up because it is such a shift. It's so different based on who we are and our on the perspective or the... Um, expectations that are set on us, right? So for me, my parents were entrepreneurs and my father, um, he opened his own business and my mom helped him run it and he opened a few others. And my parents growing up always said, don't ever open your own business, <laughs> it's too much. Um, if you wanna spend time with family and you know do X, Y, and Z, just work for somebody else. And so I grew up with that in the back of my mind and it wasn't until I found out how much unconscious bias there is in the world for people with disabilities and how silent these struggles are and how nobody's talking about it because it is that fear of shame. It is that fear of being discriminated against because you're perceived as being weak or limited in some form, but you're not, you know, we, we all have humans. Yeah. Yes. So if it wasn't for that passion, that burning passion in the pit of my stomach, there's no way I ever would have opened my own business. <laughs> <laughs> so was there, was there a moment or did it just something that grew within you and you thought, I've got to do this? It was over time. So in, as a marketer, I valued, really valued the power of social media. So when I started advocating and 
talking about these issues that are often just heard as a whisper or behind closed doors in passing, it got a lot of attention and a lot of people could relate because it impacts so many lives. And then people started to come to me through my, my in-mail or, or my direct messaging, asking for help or asking to be guided. And then I started putting these packages together because it worked for me. And, you know, what worked for me might not work for everybody, but at least it's a start. So that was really the, the foundation for the business and, and launching it was just being asked and, and putting out that content across social media that really resonated and impact people and touched them for the point that they felt comfortable enough to reach out to a perfect stranger across the world to ask for help, which is really beautiful. Did you fit, did, was it something then that you started doing packages of work for other people or did you teach them how to do it themselves, for themselves? A little bit of both. So it really yeah. depends on where they're at, right? If they required that handholding and they had absolutely no direction or focus and they were just lost. That requires a lot of, a lot more guidance and personal one-on-one yeah. -on -one meetings. But there are a lot of people who are just feeling confident, ready to go, but they don't know how to differentiate themselves or market themselves. And that's when they get toolkits and different packages so that they can really just set themselves up for success and go. That's lovely because that means that they then can be responsible for their own journey with your assistance and come back to you for other things. So I think that's very much the way we like to do business because it's all about people ultimately being able to run the business on their own terms um, wherever they are. And at the beginning, sometimes they, with something new, they really need, as you say, that hand holding and one on one. But then they fly. Um, and then yes. they might just only need to come back to you for like a top up or, or when they want to take a change in direction. I think that's lovely that if you can, if your business can offer that flexibility. So you, you, you talked a lot about LinkedIn and how LinkedIn um, for you was really to help you step up to your bigger game and to grow your business. Was the was, had you used LinkedIn before in your employment? Were, were you a, a seasoned uh, user of LinkedIn or was it new to you in the way you were using it? That's a really great question because as soon as Microsoft purchased LinkedIn about three or four years ago now, things started to shift. Mm. LinkedIn's background started rebuilding their platform. They used to, they were reprogramming all of the guts or the insides of the algorithms and the way that everything functioned. And with that came the use of video content. So for me as a marketer and um, somebody who really saw the value in social media, I loved LinkedIn because I could get instant access to valuable content, mm -hmm. which is usually blogs or articles on professional websites. And when video came as a accessible use of, of formatting, um, I saw new people start creating things and it became so much more human versus yeah. very corporate. Yeah, it was and very stuffy, wasn't it? It was very fluid. Yeah. It was so buttoned up and very yeah. corporate and it was very... Um, you, you had to proceed very carefully because you're your company or your employer could see everything that you were doing. So, and, and there was that preconceived 
idea that if somebody's on LinkedIn, they're looking for a job, right? (laughs) So that also ignites a lot of fear. So when I started seeing these users create video content that was very personal, it connected me to them. And I acknowledged those feelings that I was feeling and the power of this format of content and started using it on my own. And that's when everything just blew up. I mean, within six months, I had like 6,000 followers or something crazy like that. And it wasn't connections. It was people simply clicking follow. So something was going right. Something was pretty awesome. So So you were just being you basically on the, on the, on the channel, you were just putting out things that interested you and your um, story and, and the things that uh, made up uh, points of interest with you. So it was just really you being true to yourself. Is um, That's the impression I've got. Am I right? Yes. And I think that's the beauty of social media today and the organic growth of platforms is that we can see right through everything. And in the world of influencer marketing now on social media, it's clear when people are paid to promote something. So having a voice of your own that's so pure and it's it's so specialized to your own journey where you're staying in your own lane, but you're sharing it and you're growing with the world. That's the real magic of social media today and this yeah. digital evolution of, of connectivity. It's beautiful. It is. And, and if somebody new to it, I know that a lot of people are very uncomfortable with video um, in terms of somebody brand new to LinkedIn, where would you suggest that they started? That's a good question because um, it, it can be very overwhelming when there's so many people doing really incredible things. It feels like you're a number. But I think the first thing to understand that's the most important is that there's over 640 million profiles on LinkedIn and only 1% are active contributors to the platform. So what that means is as soon as you're sharing your own organic voice, your own authentic voice consistently, you're already a part of that top 1%, which is pretty remarkable if you think of it. It, This isn't the kind of benefit that you will receive on any other social media platform. It's very specific to LinkedIn. And I think as well, if you, one of the things that's always struck me about LinkedIn is if you, if you really want to talk to somebody, you can get on their radar. If you think that there's somebody out there that you need to be on the radar of, you can, you can be very creative and it's the only place I think on social media that allows you to do that. So if you want to, you know, if you want to, uh, if your your aspiration is to get noticed by somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk or Amy Porterfield or somebody like that, you can go on there and put out good content and get on the radar, comment on their stuff. And sooner or later, you're going to get noticed. And I, I don't know of any other um, place that you can do that. So it, it is quite I think it's still quite an underrated social media site. And I, I think it's because maybe it's a bit of a a late comer to the social media because previously it was as you say a very buttoned down network and it was probably discounted which is why there's still quite a small percentage on it um, active but I think that will change um, oh, as it works. so my, my understanding is that you've actually just grown your business entirely on LinkedIn um, in in the early part at least is that right Yes, absolutely. In fact, it really worked in reverse because I started to get this global recognition and I was speaking across the world in different countries, even 
that um, was really it was really impressive for somebody from a small town to achieve these results. So then I'm backing up, you know, a year down the road where I'm really trying to focus more on giving back to my own personal community and the people, you know, in, in the local areas so that I can establish myself or reestablish myself as a local figure instead of that global figure to promote word of mouth marketing and getting business from my own neighbors, because I really do feel, I mean, we had this discussion earlier that, that really focusing in on where we're at right now in our own communities is so, so important, not just for ourselves, but for everybody else around us. So um, yeah, it, it, LinkedIn is amazing. Um, and I really want to spread that awareness and that knowledge and growth opportunity to my own community. Cause if I, it can happen to me, small town, Chantel Sumas, it can happen to anybody in our little small yeah, town. I mean, you, one of the things I think a lot of our audience are scared of is that they're going to have to go out and sell on LinkedIn. And I don't think that's how you did it at all. Is it? You just showed up and were consistent. That's true. You know, with any strategic marketing process, there needs to be intent, right? You need to have some form of intention behind your strategy. So when I can share my story and I can share different um, speaking engagements or topics, routing everybody back to the to my purpose and mission and saying offering that ha- helping hand is where the magic happens. It's where all of that lead generation is. So it's really important not to overlook that and feel like it's too salesy because regardless, everybody wants to know who you are and they want to know what you're there for so that people just habitually love to give. And when they know what you offer, they want to buy it. They want to take it from you and work with you. So, but it's quite because, subtle, isn't it? It's quite subtle because it's definitely a hundred miles away from buy my stuff, and it's absolutely. very much about this is what I stand for, and people are just attracted into the light, and when they see what you stand for, they find out more about you and they make the connection with you, and they want to learn about how they can work with you. It's not a salesy feeling; it's just an attraction. Absolutely, and it's it's. Another strength of organic, authentic personal branding is um, one of my connections first taught me your vibe attracts your tribe. And when she said this, I was like, that's so cute. That makes sense. But it really is like a moth to the flame. You know, you light your flame and you set your tone and you share who you are and you wear it with pride, um, but also humility. Right. And then the right people just come flooding through and it's amazing. It's so beautiful what happens. It is. I mean, I think it's it's very well, it's it's a spin-off. I mean, it's online, but it's very much like real life, isn't it? It's like you it happens when you meet with somebody in real life and you just share a spark and you spark off each other. Um, and I don't know how that works, but it does. Um, you can meet them in a networking meeting or you can meet them as a client and you just have a connection with them. And I think that's just written large across social networks and particularly LinkedIn. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of um, thinking here of some takeaway tips and mindset advice, what would be the two biggest things that you would tell somebody that's maybe nervously starting their business or starting a new business journey and 
facing maybe some challenges, worried about whether it's going to work, whether whether they're on the right platform, whether they're doing the right thing. Um, I'm sure that you, I know I've gone through all of that and I'm sure that you've <laughs> gone through it all as well. What would be the two big things that you would you would say to those people? Sure. So one way to kill the the fear, <laughs> to just get it right out of the way, is to really know who you are and find your mission and your voice. And sometimes you can do that with a lot of self-discovery and personal self-help books, but sometimes it does require a little bit of help, um, whether that's a life coach or even somebody like me that helps with personal branding. And I'm not trying to pitch myself, <laughs> but it really does help. Um, it really helps you stay focused and ambitious and it really helps propel you and take things seriously when you're lit by that, that passion, you're fueled by that fire. So that's definitely number one. And then number two is don't be afraid to play around with things. Um, there's a lot of people who film video content on their phones and your iPhone or your Android phone is so powerful. It has such similar features and attributes as a really amazing DSLR camera. So playing with it, picking it up and filming yourself multiple times, you get used to it. It's always going to feel weird. And you're always going to have that perfection, that, that <laughs> hunger for perfection. And you're going to critique, critique, critique. But there is a, a certain point where you just have to say, you know what, this is good. This is me. It still feels like me. It's not too polished. Let's just go for it. And getting that practice out of the way and starting to just get started and publishing things. That's where things get easier. So much easier from there. Like everything, isn't it? Practice. Yes. And I think it's also, you, you are always your harshest critic, aren't you? Um, nobody criticizes yourself as, 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 in the, as harshly or as under such a, a strong light as you do. And I think that most times when you put something out there, people are just, really pleased to see it and and to hear the voice the, the see the face behind the voice and and engage with it they're too busy people are too busy thinking about how to react rather than what's gone wrong with your video <laughs> <laughs> yes and you know like anything i'm in the world of social media there will always be those people who judge and say things that are not constructive at all that don't really make sense why they have to just drip their negativity but yeah it's really those people that need your content the most because if they lack that self-awareness and that understanding consuming your content gives them that opportunity to grow. So yeah. you're really doing them a favor. They just don't know it. So it's important no, to know. So. I think that's a lovely, a lovely view on it as well. Cause I know that a lot of people um, shut down when they're given any sort of negativity and, and take it on yeah. the chin as though it were truth. And of course it's not truth. It's their truth. Right. Uh, which is entirely different. Um, right. So now I think that's that's a lovely way to look at it. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I know that's the one thing that keeps most people from creating is, yes. unfortunately, the yeah. fear of people saying negative things. But really, it's inevitable. So people can say negative things to you when you're out and about grocery shopping. So it's no different. I think there's something about social media that crystallizes it, isn't there? There's something yeah. about people are very, very good at typing in negative things. Whereas if they were to see you face to face, they would be far more um, restrained. Oh, absolutely. And but it's also a gift, too, because the, the, the rosy side right, is yeah. that 
um, when they're typing anything, it's exposing your content to all of their connections. So really, and then their connections are seeing that this person's being negative. So it's really not doing anybody favors, but you as the creator. So yes. it still yes. works in your favor. And also <laughs> displaying how you handle that is as, is as important, isn't it? How you handle negativity is as important as content that content that you're reacting to. Your reactions are just as talented yes. as content yes. you're producing. So yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. so true. <laughs> So um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm we're we're doing well. We're not doing very much on LinkedIn right now. So um, that's it's sort of bolstered me up to think that I'm going to start. Uh, yes. We have as yeah. I mean, we 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 sort of grew um, the Actionistas out of something really unusual in that um, we are we were uh, uh, and still are. We still have a legal consultancy. Um, and most of the people that we've spoken to over the years have been entrepreneurs that have actually used us in a very different way. And it just the consultancy side has just grown and grown to assist with, you know, early start service businesses and to get people moving. And that's what we've been doing. But as lawyers for quite a long time and it's stepping outside that and saying, well, actually, we're, we're doing something else. Um, and it's going to be quite an interesting journey um, because we've had a great response to the Actionistas and it was something that we really weren't expecting because it was almost done as a side thing. Um, <laughs> and actually, we've, 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 it's sort of such a warm brand um, and it's got, it's, it brings out the best in people and it's brought some brilliant people like yourself into our light um, just to work with us and, and talk on podcasts. And it's been a real eye-opener to us that it's something that, you know, sometimes the journey opens up in front of you and you think, actually, I maybe need to just switch roads here and, and do something more um, with the entrepreneurs that, that follow us and, and enjoy our stuff. So that's what we're going to be doing on LinkedIn. So I should be asking you to hold me accountable. Yes. Uh, because it's obviously something that you do really well and I'm going to have to, I'm going to learn a lot from you. Um, oh, absolutely. I, well, with what you have, I mean, those two communities overlap so much with consultancy yes. and the actionistas and these really important conversations and the value that you're delivering, which is what LinkedIn needs. All these yeah. people are there to learn and grow. So you got yeah. this. You're going to you're going to kill it. Great. Well, that's lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank you, Chantelle. What I'm going to do is I'm going to we, we'll I'll tidy this up as, as we do. Um, and then once I, once it's ready, I'll let you listen to it and make sure you're happy with it. Um, and then we'll um, start to put together some um, stuff on social media with what you've already given to us. And if there's any imagery that you'd like us to use, just let me have it. Any hashtags that you want to use, um, let me have it. Um, now, one thing I haven't talked about is joining campaigns. And yes. um, that's something that gets you noticed fast is what you say on LinkedIn. I have no yes. idea what that means. So yes. is, that, is that a hashtag or is that something else? Yes. So that's a great question and a really important thing for you to do, you, yes. you to practice. Yes, I've, got, I've got to put my money where my mouth is, definitely. Yes. So um, one really good campaign that you can follow is called 10 Tips, 10 Days. And that's hashtag one zero tips, one zero days. Okay. And what you do is you share one tip each day for 10 days, just as it says, yeah. um, relating to your expertise. So okay. 
specifically, maybe you're going to focus on that legal consultancy or, you know, common questions, 10 questions that are asked in the process or most common questions, and then addressing it for everybody to see and follow. And then um, that gives you directive. It gives you ideas for creation and it helps you trend in that hashtag when you use it. So other people following that hashtag or that campaign will see your content. Great. Well, so simple that it's easy to miss, isn't it? It makes absolute sense. Well, now you've explained it, it makes 100% sense. And I have to say that I have never seen that hashtag. And even if I'd have seen it, I wouldn't have considered it had anything to do with me. Yes, there's, there's a few and they often go hidden unless you see them in your feed, which is like hashtag three free tips and you share three tips, then you can do that as much as you want. Or the hashtag let's get honest campaign. That was when the whole platform shifted to a more human platform. And that's when I really started getting my voice. So yes, keep your eyes open and look for those little hashtags. They can make a big difference. Well, I'm going to be just like some sort of rather elderly fangirl of yours, just looking <laughs> all the time at your hashtags and jumping on them and using <laughs> them all the time. That's what I'm going to do. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> awesome! Yes, please. <laughs> we'll feed off of each other. <laughs> oh, thank you ever so much, Chantal. It's been lovely to speak to you, um, and I'm hoping that we, we get to talk again. Oh, absolutely. We do this one now and then we're going to do some repeat stuff um, in uh, probably video, uh, maybe a a video um, uh, format um, sort of into next year. So I I would love to um, have you on again and and explore some of these themes. Yes, absolutely. Anything you need, don't be a stranger. You know, you've got my LinkedIn. (laughs) I I am. I'm going to connect with you all over and you'll get fed up. (laughs) I've been pulling you into all my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Chantel. Thank you very much. Yes, have an amazing day. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.